welcome to the podcast In Progress by TravelFit. I'm your host, Chris Walker, the founder of TravelFit. I'll be taking you on a journey where I interview small business entrepreneurs to worldwide celebrities, where we hear each person's stories and how they overcame their own challenges to achieve their professional and personal goals in life. We dive into how to create a successful life through health, fitness, and developing a stronger mindset, and how travel can impact our life for the better. If you feel stuck in life, then this podcast is for you. Thanks so much for listening into today's episode. Today's episode is with Jay from the Get Down podcast. We had the opportunity to chat to Jay about his journey in life so far. From a rough start in life, he found himself stealing, a life of crime as a drug dealer, sinking his feelings away with alcoholism and drugs in some would call a rock lifestyle when he was in the Aussie hip hop scene, to losing some of his friends to suicide and family members such as his cousin who was abducted and murdered and only recently having the case solved. To then his stepfather passing away all before the age of 13. He found himself battling early on to later on in life changing his world for the better. We talk about what inspired him to change, how he started his sober life with a mission to inspire others to shift their life for the better, and how you can change your identity. We dive into creating safety nets when changing behaviors, his goal of climbing Machu Picchu, Everest Base Camp, and becoming the best version of himself, and how we associate our identity in different experiences. We also touch on detaching from technology and how to write your own road signs in life to pave your own path to purpose and success. Thanks so much for listening in and enjoy. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today. For everyone listening in, who are you and what is it that you do? <laughs> That's a very broad question. <laughs> um, my name's Jay. I also go by um, Beats. Um, what do I do? Holy shit, man. Uh, um, first and foremost, I'm a father. Um, that'd be my greatest greatest accolade um i'm a grandfather um i'm a i'm a podcast host i am a i make hip-hop music um and i'm a sad clown walking mess <laughs> <laughs> nah um what else that's a big question man um yeah that's me at the moment dad that's granddad it. husband brother uncle um podcast host friend of yours gym attendee mountain climber <laughs> that's good well i think like you know it's pretty funny hey like because it is such a broad question and a lot of people have this moment whenever i ask it and they're like so they'll either be straight on it and they'll be like this is what i do this is who i am blah 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 or they'll be like that's a good question. What what is who am I and what is it that I actually do? And I'm it's a, it's yeah, it. <laughs> it's a great a great reflection point, and it's like a great intro into you know diving into a little bit of your own own story and how everything started for you. 
So diving into that, let's begin at the beginning where you were born um, and, you know, what your first ever job, job was and what you've kind of gone through to lead you up to this point in your life. <clears throat> Jesus. I'm from South Australia. So I was born and bred South Australian, Crow Eater. Um, I've only been up on the coast for, when did we come up here? February. So I got here 1st of March, 2019. So I'm pretty new to the coast. Um, I had a pretty tumultuous childhood. Um, as far as my family life goes, some, some pretty hectic, some pretty heavy traumas that, um, that I'm just now sort of learning to unpack and deal with like, um, you know, you go through life and there's very big things I can target. When I was six years old, my cousin was abducted and murdered. Um, they, the case was only just solved in 2016. Um, when I was 13 years old, my stepfather died. The way he died was, um, pretty tragic. He was, he had followed my mother to a location where she was having an affair and he died on the doorstep. And so by 13, I was, and and that relationship, that marriage with my mum and my stepfather was was not a healthy one. So in the work I've been doing on myself in this journey I'm on lately, I've been looking into that. And from from what I saw as a child, I was very early on using alcohol and using weed as as a bit of a crutch. And um so it didn't work. You know, I was I was I didn't work for a long time. I didn't think I had my first job until I was you know, 19 years old. And that was, so I was, I'll be honest, I'll be straight out with you at yourself and the listeners. I was a thief. Um, I was a drug dealer. Um, and I just learned to just get by. I was a, 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 a grifter. What I tell my son is grifting. So I could just acquire things when I wanted, wanted them. So when I say I was a thief, I stole from organizations and, and, and stores and, and I would on sell that. We'd go to go and knock off aftershave and expensive things and sell it to people with money. And but I never, I never robbed houses. I never robbed people per se. Um, <clears throat> so I was a bit of a crook, bit of a naughty boy. Kicked out of school pretty young. Um, got into the graffiti scene and and um, through that, through I skated. Then got into the graffiti scene, and that's not. It's mixed up with a lot of criminal elements. And then it wasn't till about 19 years old, 20, I went and got my first job. And that was just in a factory. I didn't like that. Then got into sales, worked at a cash converters for a while. And then my daughter was born. So I had my first child at, fuck, my life just going right. (laughs) Um, I had my first child, which is my daughter now when I was 22. She's now t- turning 24 tomorrow. Um, and that's when I kind of started to reel it in, thinking I have to work. And um, I was pretty stable there for a little while and then um, split up from her mum, went off the rails again. It's taken me a long time to find who I am and who I needed to be in this world because... And this is something I've just learned about myself too, because I've always had alcohol to sort of 
rely on alcohol and drugs. And then as, as I got older, the drugs got heavier and I was able to use drugs and just, just mask what was going on and use it as a crutch. So I'm only just, it, so it did take me a long time to my mid twenties to really sort out what was going on in my life and kick drugs. And, um, only recently I've kicked alcohol, as you know, you know, within, within the last 12 months I've kicked alcohol and I'm still struggling with it. I don't, <clears throat> I don't claim that it's, uh, an easy thing to do. I'm still struggling with it. Um, this will be the first place publicly that I will announce I have had a lapse and have had a drink. So even my own listeners don't know that because I haven't done an episode this year, <laughs> but I will be, I will be accountable. I will be honest about that. Um, so yeah, I was, I was a bad boy up for a long time and even the drug dealing went right through my adulthood. Um, uh, right, right through till, till my son was born and he's, he was 10 the other day, you know, so, and then from there I said, this is, you know, you, you can't be going to jail, you know, going, going in and out of prison and stuff like that with, with a 10 year old boy. I didn't want him to see that. And I just changed, I injured my back when I was 22. So that was a big part of the drug use as well. And right before my son was born, I injured my ankle really bad. So I couldn't, I was working at that stage doing lawn mowing and landscaping. Um, as my son was born, I injured myself and I'm like, I can't do this work anymore. So I went and got a diploma. So I got a diploma in youth work and that's when I started to level out and say, well, you, you can't, you can't work with kids and sell drugs. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't really match. And so I kicked one to the curb and, um, from there, I've, I've been off and I've been a support worker for children and now disability for the last probably eight years. And you used to do, so you still do like, you know, rapping and um, produce oh, yeah. music and stuff. So let's yeah, there's tell that. me a little bit about that as well. Like, let's not throw that under the radar. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That was a massive part of my life from... And I loved it. Like I'm writing about it now. I'm writing a book and, and I'm just writing that the adroit effusive section now. And it's so good. I feel like I could just pull it out into a whole book itself. So around when was it? It must have been like 99, the Hilltop Hoods with releasing music. I was, I was always a hip hop listener, you know, and, um, you know, Ice Cube, NWA, all, all the Ice T, all that jazz. But there's a couple of groups out, one called Death Wish Cast and Park Bench Royals and Hilltop Hoods. And these Hilltop Hoods were around the corner from where I lived, you know. It was like, well, this is attainable. There's a bloke called Flack who was um putting music out, uh Red Eyed Peas and uh Cura Mystics and um, Mad Cap, all these guys who I'd sort of you'd see them, you know, like, I know I know who that is. And when the hoods dropped a matter of time I was fucking blown away. You know, they dropped this album called Matter of Time. And I'm like, I think within that week, I wrote him a letter. It's a funny story. I wrote him a letter. You know, it's corny. I'm not going to go into it. But um, within that no. week, I had a, had a computer and I was producing music myself. And it very quickly uh, spiraled into meeting friends who, was, who I'm still friends with who became Adroit Effusive, which is my music crew. So from my, from... 
from probably about 2000, from about 2000 right through till now, I still produce music, but we went pretty hard on the paint for a while there, put out two, as a crew, we put out a full length LP and two EP vinyl records. Um, a couple of the other boys um, did solo projects. I did a couple of solo projects. I put a record, I put a 12 inch out in 2020 and a seven inch out in 21. So I'm still active and I've got something on the go now, but I, I <laughs> Louis. So, but again, an occupational hazard with being in that scene. Like I loved it. I love, I don't regret any of it. Performing live is amazing. But for me to tap into my creative side, I used a lot of drugs. I used a lot of alcohol and being at gigs, you get paid in alcohol. After the show, people are like, hey, do you want some of this? You want some of that? You're like, yeah. So there's women, there's drugs, there's, there's alcohol. So it's a, it's a very, um, tumultuous ride, even though I know some people who, who were on the same ride at the same time and had a bit more clarity and didn't go down that path. There was, you know, what some people call tree hugging rap. We weren't that. We were like hard hitting. Let's go for it. Let's, let's embrace that Australian hip hop fucking drinking, smoking, being braggadocious. So that's, um, again, I was, I was submerged in alcoholism and drug use through, and I was alienated from my daughter. Her mother didn't allow me to see her through that time. So I was just a fucking mess, you know, and, um, I thought, you know, three sheets to the wind, fuck all this, you know, who cares? I'm going to live this party life. And, um, yeah, yeah. So as fun as it was, it was real, real damaging for me, but yeah, yeah, I still rap. I know. I, I, I don't know. I'm writing something at the moment. I still produce a lot and I'm probably making some of the best music that I've ever made while sober, you know, mm-hmm. and this is where I'm sitting now. I'm sitting in front of my studio. This is a very, very dangerous spot for me because the, the long habit of having the mouse here, having alcohol there, staring at the screen, it, this is a very dangerous place for me. So now the water, the water it yeah. is. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's interesting. Like when you talk about, you know, the culture of where you were in a particular instance with the experiences of, you know, rapping and producing and being around that, you know, Aussie hip hop scene, because you see it with a lot of musicians today as well is, a lot of musicians, whether it be Aussie hip hop or whether it be something like, you know, sticky fingers or whatever it is, like, like they're all go, they all go down that dangerous path, right? And it's all a decision, but obviously it's all heavily influenced how and who they're around. So yeah. like when it comes to like, you know, your environment per se, even like your studio now, I think that's like the biggest trigger for people because when I talk to people about, Oh, like they want to, change their perspective like they want to change how they act or shift what they do it's like they're going to the same place so mm-hmm. that emotional home that they're going to is a a place where they'll have an action associated with that place so shifting that emotional home to doing something completely different is um yeah. it's quite hard like i still when i go back home to orange like i still get the feeling of wanting to get drunk and take drugs when I go back to orange. So that's why I don't associate right. myself with a lot of people. Uh, when I go back home, I see, I see my mom, I see my very close friends. Um, we have a celebration and just like catch up and it's like just very wholesome things. Um, but you know, changing the narrative and the story that you, that is 
you know, embedded in that subconscious mind when you go to a place is actually quite hard. So what was it for you that allowed you to overcome that? It's a funny thing. You're absolutely right because I haven't smoked cigarettes in 15 years. And when I sit here and produce music, I will, I am that into it. You're using a pen. (laughs) Or I'll ash ash a cigarette that's not in my hand. So one hand's on the mouse. The other one's here, I'm I'm focusing, and I've found myself ashing a cigarette that's not even in my hand. So whether that's a comfort thing, and that's 15 years of not smoking, you know. So, and then what do I do to answer your question? Safety nets. So I put a bottle of water there, you know, and because it's a, it's not even, I'm not even aware I'm grabbing for it. I'll just be like, oh, you know, and that's why when I used to, like, live and the boys were all over all the time there'd be a cask of red wine there you know and a cup so that's super dangerous Every, mm. everyone was welcome to it you know so and you're just drinking it like water it tastes like fucking what lambrusco we used to drink Ugh, fucking <laughs> cringe. but, but you just like you're, you're in the moment i would wake up and my face is on the keyboard and i'd have to crawl to bed you know because i'm that in the moment but I'm using alcohol. So the answer to your question is where my studio is located now. It's, it's always been in a rumpus room where smoking was okay. Smoking weed was okay. Drinking was okay. I couldn't make a mess. So my studio is now in my bedroom and I wouldn't like get smashed here. My son's in the next room, so I can't get smashed, you know, but you know, there is, this is a small part of my journey. Being sober is such a tiny part of my, journey i'm still learning mm. you know I'm, I'm still learning but safety nets is is the thing you know and just being um it's nice to be a little bit more present in the beat like like not waking up in the morning going fuck how did i do that, that sounds all right like sitting there going oh that's how you do this and so i can apply that to this sample you know so it's a little mm. bit of um Allowing myself to be proud of what I'm making as opposed to just being smashed and coming up with some, you know, throwing shit at the wall to see if it sticks. <laughs> I think that's like, you know, a huge thing though, because when you talk to people and they, you know, most of the time where someone's anxious or depressed or they're unhappy or they just don't feel like they've got purpose, it's all based on, on mostly, most of the time it's based on the fact of one, they don't know who they are and two, they're not being present in life. And, you know, when, when you kind of bring that present back, presence back into your life, you start to, you know, see what's around you and you're not caught up in this, like the rat race or go, go, go all the time. And, you know, I'm a prime example of like, I know these things and I, I never hide the fact that I get sucked into the rat race quite often, especially when you're in, in a business, you, you're often pulled to like, oh, that's a really cool idea. I want to do that. And then that pulls into something else and that pulls into something else. And so bring yourself back to that present point of being like, all right, cool. Where, where's my safety net? Like what, what, what's the thing that's going to pull me out of that rat race or pull me out of that past or present state or past or future mm-hmm. state is, um, super cool, super important too. I think also what I did was like for my last record, I changed my name. Like I, I changed the moniker that I released it under because it was so different. I didn't think people were going to hear it as beats because beats is when, when we were coming up, we were 
I don't know if you're aware of who the Funkles are, but they were debaucherous, drunk, you know, and a lot of the boys, that's what we were rapping about. We we're like, yeah, yeah, party, let's get pissed. So Beats, I'm doing inverted quotes for the people who are not watching. Um, it's, um, he, he, Beats was this other person. So changing the name on the last record, which was a lot more mellow, a lot more, a lot more different. I'd sort of, so I put my last record out under ACAB West, which is a bit of a play on words and my last name and whatnot. So that was, um, that was refreshing and that helped me. And again, what were you saying about how you get caught up in it? Oh yeah. So dropping that, I'm not making Australian hip hop, barbecue hip hop. I'm making hip hop so I can sound however the fuck I want. And now that I'm sober and I'm a bit more, um, Conscious, like I'm 46, man. I'm a bit more conscious of who I am as a person. I don't make music for anyone else anymore. Whereas before there was, people always say, oh, we do it for ourselves, we do it for ourselves. That's bullshit. When you're younger, you're doing it because you want people to hear it. If you start making music for yourself and you don't give a fuck who's going to hear it, that's when you'll get the goods, you know, mm. because it's, it's, I, I might be, I've got like 50 beats in here. I'm the only person who might ever hear them. Every now and then I'll flick them out to to other artists. And um but yeah, you're hundred percent right. If you don't know who you are, which I didn't for a long time, and I believed I was this person beats, you know, which is like a, a moniker that could get away with being a smart ass, could get away with all this shit. So now I just sort of drop that and focus and be a bit more adult about it, you know. Mm-hmm. What is it like, do you think about like shifting, you know, that, that beats persona or that identity that you associated with yourself that like was appealing? Was it the feeling of like feeling safe that you, you know, you're this person that no one would mess with and, <coughs> or was it just like this, I guess the char- characteristics of someone that you wanted to be? It was, it was almost like a caricature, yeah. you know? So I've got a mate who's in my crew, Bornski and he he used to say why are you speaking about yourself in the third person because I'd say oh Beats is going to go do this that and the other and he'd like and he pulled me on at one time he goes do you know you speak in, in, your th- in the third person about yourself by saying Beats and I'm like no I don't, he made me very aware of it but yeah I was a larrikin he was a, he was a larrikin and like and when you got people fucking puffing your sails yeah Beats yeah 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 then that becomes you know no one ever pulls me up and goes Jay you're being a dickhead. You know, they'd be like, oh, it's just beats. Ah, oh, it's just beats, mate. He's either, right? That's what he does. And it was funny. So people sort of laughing at and with you. So, and believe it or not, laughing at your demise, because if you're on, st- I'm on stage sculling jugs of beer and fucking vomiting it back up into the same jug and, you know, and the, the crowd's going wild. Well, really, if, if any of those people in the crowd, my friend, yeah, they might have pulled me aside and gone, "Hey, mate, I think you've got a bit of a problem." Yeah, but it was just like, "Ah, it's beats, it's beats." Mm. That's what he does, and you can really lean into that. It's a mask, mm. you know. A caricature is a mask or or a moniker. There is a rapper. He's passed away now. There's a rapper, MF Doom. He literally wears a mask. The whole his his whole career is built around wearing the mask. So you wouldn't even know if you saw him in the streets. But you know, that's that's his caricature. He's you know, some people don't even know his real name. And that's the thing. I've got fucking hundreds of people I know don't know my name. You mm. know, they just know me as Beats. It's definitely a cloak. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's an interesting thing, right? Because, like, 
you know, it, it, to me, that just sounds like what I've done in business in the past. I'm Chris Walker, PT. I'm Chris Walker from Travel Fit. I'm Chris Walker. I'm Walker, which was a past person that I used to be a lot when I used to drink all the time. And it was quite similar. Yeah. They're like, oh, Walker's here, you know? And, yeah. you know, th- there was times in my life when I was younger and I was running across poker tables in Star Casino and getting chased by police and security guards. And, you know, I was doing all these. Particular- I would like to know that. <laughs> no, say you like, you think you like to know, but trust me, you wouldn't like, and, and, and that's, that's the thing, right? Is like, you know, but I had that association where I use the label, well, that's who I am when I drink. So, yeah. like, so it, it was like the responsibility, I guess you could say of being like, well, the choice is yours, right? Do you want to be the, and it goes with anything in life, I guess. Like, do you want to be the person that is most known for being Walker, the guy who drinks too much, takes drugs, is an absolute mm. hooligan, gets himself into trouble, um, it's just going down a destructive path? Or do you want to be the person who's, you know, Chris Walker and he has some values and beliefs in life and he's like, you know, known for being ambitious, uh, relentless and persistent in what he wants in life. And you're like, what? It, I, I'm a big believer in like the writing your own book or writing your own script. Like you're the main movie yeah. character, but you're also the, the director. So like, mm. I think a lot of people in today's society too get so stuck in like, they think they're this particular character and they think that's who they're going to have to be forever. Hmm. Mm. 100%. Like, and especially if you've built that up to be like a, uh, like a peacock, you know, you, your feathers, you feel like you have to walk around like that. It happens with sports stars a lot, you know, like I know a couple of athletes who have, oh, what's the right term for it, fallen off the perch, you know, they don't know what to do, you know, like um, they're boxers or footy players and their their career's over and all they've known is is being Joe Blow, the footy star, Joe Blow, the fucking boxer, the fighter, you know, the soccer player that, and they they lose all that um the camaraderie of the club they lose the you know the smell of the grass the smell of the deep heat the the sound of the fight bell whatever it might be and they they lose themselves and they go into drugs and alcohol gangs you know that they, they just don't know and um it's it's scary like I'm on a journey now to since I moved up here I don't introduce myself as beats I introduce myself as as Jay but I've got a few friends up here that will call me beats and I love it. I love it because it's so familiar. So mm. when I walk into a room and I've got a couple of mates, they go, oh, hey, Beatsy, how are you? I'm like, oh, that's so, that's such a hug to me. Yeah. You know, whereas Jay is, Jay is very, Jay's not even my real fucking name, you know, as you know, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so there's, there's, there's layers, there, there's layers. And that comes from, I don't like people knowing my real name. That comes from being younger, being up to no good. I'd never give anyone my real name because, you know, they could. I'm easy enough to describe. What did he look like? Boom, that's him. What was his name? Bang, you're arrested. You know, mm. it's um, it's it's a funny thing. Names, you know, what's in a name? You know, mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely a definitely a cloak. Even even using Jay, you know, it's a it's a cloak. I don't, and I've I've been looking into. It. Am I ashamed of my real name? Do I not like the name? Am I ashamed of who that person is? Is it just, did it just stick? You know, so a lot of people, a lot of people, I'll be like, hey, how you going? I'm Jay. And then I'll contact them via email and they'll be like, oh, that's your real name. I'm like, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a funny, funny concept. 
And it, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because like, you know, everyone's got, got that though, like whether it be a name or whether it be a past experience or whether it be like, you know, stepping into who they want to be or whatever it is. Like there's always some, there's always something. And as you like experience on, I guess like even like when you come on the retreat, I, I say, say to everyone, write down like something that, you know, you're ashamed of or something that you've been holding onto for years and you want to let go of and, you know, you throw it in the fire and such like, those particular things are the things that hold people back. And, mm. you know, like I, I remember every time I explain this to someone, it's just wild because I just feel the the sensation of it when I first did it um, at an event, uh, would have been a couple of years ago now. And um, it was the most freeing feeling ever. And it's like, it, it's not the um, burning the letter and it's not mm. just the writing, it's the detaching that creates mm-hmm. the freedom. Yeah, I can remember what I wrote on one at, at the retreat. And I've done it since at a friend. He has like a fire circle and he, he, he does things a little bit more positive as well. He's like, write down the things you've achieved this year. And mm. I was like, Oh, that's, that's a pretty cool list. He's like, now burn it. I'm like, I'm not burning that. <laughs> you know, that's, 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 that's a good list. But, um, and the, the, the thing I remember writing, the thing I wanted to, I think it was something I want to stop doing, thing I'm ashamed of and want to stop doing in life that I wrote down at yours. But I fucked up this week. I was, I was in some shit this week, you know, but, and I was in a, a, a lot of trouble, but what are you going to do? <laughs> you can't like, it's like when I had a drink, I was like so filthy on myself, you know, and I just went fucking bang, spiraled down. And then I started reaching out to a few people and they're like, you haven't relapsed. You've had a lapse. Pick mm-hmm. yourself back up. And get going. So I said to a bloke today in the sauna, I said, life can be like you got all your dominoes set up and you know where they're going. So you flick that first domino and, and it's going to go out the door. It's going to make this beautiful thing. But if you, if you accidentally tip one before you're ready, you got to quickly run and get in front. Mm. You know, so six, seven, eight, nine dominoes stop. If you can run back there and hold that domino up and go, ah, you're not all going to fall. I believe if they all fall, that's a relapse. If you just keep going, oh, fuck it, the mm. dominoes have fallen. If you can run in front and catch up, that's why I'm not going to judge myself about what happened this week. You know, I had a had a rough week. You know, fuck it. Chris, is, this, Chris has called me. I've got to be there. I'm going on. I'm going to do it, you know. L- mm. Lucky to make it here in time. But, you know, it is what it is. You can't, if you sit there and beat yourself up and... um. And judge yourself. I'm just getting back into the health and it's back to the gym. I've been doing like a ice bath, you know, the ice bath and the heat, yeah. hot and cold ice baths, yeah. and just keeping myself so fucking busy with health that there's no real time to think about. Oh my god, I'm feeling down. I've just fucked up. Should I? Should I go and have a drink? Mm. You know, because again, you just got to get in front of that domino, hold that one, stack those other ones again. It's okay to have little fuck little fuck ups. But if you're continually fucking up, then you're in trouble. I think that's the biggest thing too is like people get so caught up on, oh, I've made a huge mistake and now my life's ruined. And it's like, no, your life's not ruined. You've 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 made a decision, you've actioned it, and it's already happened. So like what's what's the the redirection? Like you said, like how are you gonna reline up those dominoes so that it flows in the way that you want it to flow and it's 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 interesting with like technology and um you know we all go into this idolization of like well i saw sally she makes 20k a month and she does this great good on Mm. sally good on you like 
perfect. Like, what, what, like, where's your path going? You don't like, like Sally, do you? Yeah, um, like Sally. I talk about Sally all the time on the retreats, <laughs> at community events, on this podcast. <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things. I think um, a lot of the time that we get so caught up in like the things that don't matter that it affects the things that do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because of my because of what's happened this week to me. Mm. I haven't had the capacity to be on social media, right? Mm. So that has just been as stressful as my week has been. Having no social media has been a bit of a blessing. How good is it? You know? <laughs> oh, so I don't even know if I want to go back on there. You know, yeah, so yeah. now I'm out today. I'm out and I'm like, oh, beauty, I can go on Instagram. I still haven't gone on. You know, because I don't, I'm a bit like, oh, what's going to be in there? Like, what am I going to see? Is it going to be fucking, my inbox will be blown up. And and it's just been really cleansing to not compare, mm. you know, to not see all this bullshit. Oh, what's, what, you know, what I did, I do it myself. The other week I took a fucking Mustang out for a test drive and I post the photo up on there and I'm like, yeah. And people hit me up. I'm like, nah, it's not mine. I'm just test driving. I'm thinking of buying one. But it's that simple that mm. people assume that people can assume, oh, he's just bought a Mustang. Yeah. Until you ask the question, I haven't bought it. There's a classic one getting around, like, it's the, the photo of the bloke sitting in a private jet drinking Maui, and then yeah. they pan out a little bit, and it's just a movie It's set. just a room. Yeah. You know, it's like you start, I started, like, I'm following things that don't serve me, and now having a week off, I'm just like, if it wasn't for the podcast, I don't need it, you know, mm. and promoting the Machu Picchu thing, which I'll which I'll jump into soon. I'll um I'll, I'll have I'll have to. It's a necessary evil. It's like with travel fit. You need to have you need to connect to people. It's websites are dead. Social media is taken over. You know, but getting off it is good. It's it's interesting. Really like good. at the start of the year, I don't know if you noticed, but I I didn't get on it much of my socials at the start of the year for probably like three weeks. And yeah. it was crazy the amount of energy I had in my day to day energy mm. focus. Um, it was my sleep was better. And so now I've, I've put in place where I only go on social media at particular times per day. Um, yeah. and you know, if people don't get a response straight away, that's fine. Like it doesn't really phase me. I don't like it's not like it, my, my thought goes straight to, well, it's just projection of their own own thing that they're they're struggling with at the moment um and take that as you will <laughs> but it, it it is what it is and i think having boundaries is something that uh, as a society we've actually lost we don't know what yeah. if you think about back in the day you know you've got a home phone and that's it and then you've got yeah. a work phone and the work phone turns off or you don't answer it after a certain time but now everyone has access to you through social media um someone <laughs> who might live with you whatever it is and the, the boundaries have been really blurred in the lines now. So if you don't set those boundaries in place, you allow yourself to constantly be so accessible that one, your self-worth um, goes down mm. because you then lose out having those boundaries in place that empower you to be someone in the sense of right. like making those decisions. People aren't pulling energy from you. Um, and two, people have no realization what a boundary is anymore. So you're not educating further people on like, what is a boundary? Like, and that it's okay to have boundaries too, because, you know, something that I kind of feel, and I th I think we're so sensitive in the world at the moment. And like, I'll probably get some books some messages about this, <laughs> but I, I, I just believe that like, honestly, I just believe we're so sensitive. There's no, like we're struggling with so much resilience, like 
every time something hard comes up, we struggle to face it because we're so, so, um, instant to that instant gratification. We, we want that dopamine hit. We want that validation. And like, if we don't get it straight away and then that's because you're treating me different. And it's like, no, you just need to search for things that are hard that'll give you that delayed gratification that'll teach you not to always seek instant gratification too. We've spoken about this Mm. and with that gratification. And like I said, what's, what's happened this week, there was, there was, it was impossible for me to get that instant gratification. So I had to sit with myself, Mm. you know, and a long time ago, I couldn't, I couldn't sit with myself. I couldn't, couldn't be by myself. And um, I, was, I really struggle. I need the TV on. Or I need some distraction or a book. But to <clears throat> to be in a situation where you're just by yourself, there's there's no one really to help you. It's um it's fucking cleansing, you know, mm. because you can really look inside. You really look inside. You don't the amount, but the amount of times you and you reach for your pockets, your phone's not there, man. It's not there. And then you start. It's you know, four or five days. You're like, I don't have my phone, you know. And it's like, I've just turned it off for this interview, you know, because yeah. I don't want to be interrupted. It's actually quite cleansing. I met a bloke at the gym who told me, he goes, go and get your cortisol levels checked. And he goes, then put your phone down for two weeks. He goes, don't have your phone. He goes, and go and get your cortisol levels checked and, and see what happens. And I said, oh, yeah, right, right, we're talking about it. He goes, he hasn't had a phone. Listen to this. hasn't had a mobile phone for seven years. Wow. Right? And I said, I said, how do you fucking cope? I said, he goes, he tells his wife in the morning, he goes, I'm gone now. Is there anything you want? Tell me now or forever hold your peace, man. And I'm like, but what about Googling? And what about like your calculator? And what about Mm. fucking being bored and scrolling? And he's like, nah, none of it, none of it. He goes, "If if I need to Google something, I allocate an hour at night on the computer you know, he checks his emails. He goes, I don't have Facebook. People not. And he said so many friends just, ab- he's got a house phone. Yeah. He said so many friends yeah. absolutely just wrote him off mm. because he wasn't contactable. It started by getting rid of the social media and then he got rid of his phone altogether. And he goes, people just don't want to make the effort. Mm. And I was saying to him, it's funny. It's funny how not that I want adulations or accolades for getting sober, but when you put up a post, like in a story on Instagram, and it's like, yay, six months sober, the amount of my good friends that see it and don't say to me, hey, man, that's awesome, you're doing well, it, I don't think they want to see me fail. Mm. I just think we're in a society of like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, whatever, he's sober. Oh, yeah, Chris is looking good. Oh, yeah, Hernie is fixed. Oh, yeah, hair's looking great. Bang, <laughs> bang, 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 bang. On to the next person, bang, next yeah. person. It's just, we're just so disconnected and dulled down Mm. that, um, I don't know. I'm reluctant to open Instagram. Like it's been five days. Well, it's kind of like you're, you're desensitizing yourself as a human by constantly getting all this stimuli. And do you know what's interesting, right? Is like, I was listening to something the other, it's so interesting that, you know, dopamine is something that actually produces, helps produce adrenaline in the body. And you think of what adrenaline is, it's actually good for us because it allows us to actually get going and do things in our lives. Now, what happens if like, you're not getting enough adrenaline and you're not getting the right stress response to actually achieve things, you know, just based on the fact that you're constantly hitting that. Yeah. 
even even being like you know i i i feel sorry for kids these days who you know you get bullied at school that stops at 3:30 you might mm. have to you know maybe four o'clock you might have to ride home with them but now they're in your they're in your kitchen with you they're in your inbox i never thought i'd be so anti because i don't mind I do. I like putting little Easter eggs in the in my story through whether that be the music, whether that's a hint as to who my next guest is, or mm. whether that's a message to someone I care about, or if you know if 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 it was a travel fit logo and I had a funny song in there, that's an Easter egg just for you. It's sitting here now, mm. and I'm like reluctant to even to look. Yeah. You know, it's so weird. Eh? It's so weird how that little thing. So I. I implore everyone to have a crack at it. Like, I'm not saying I'm from my phone or social media, but it's an interesting little experiment, you know. Hundred percent. It's it is something that like I do feel like is becoming more mainstream as we go along. And I think, yeah, like just just going on, like a lot of people do punish themselves um, in business or personal development when they're on that changing journey from shifting from one person to the other because they're not at that destination yet um but there there is like you know that there's also there's two ways to look at it there's the oh you're being lazy but there's also the oh you're you're actually just taking actions that are draining you from the, the wrong areas so you know being aware enough to shift where those actions are taking because i like the analogy the you know the energy bar on a phone that shows you how much uh energy yeah. your, your your battery's got left so like yeah, let's yeah. just say let's just get say you got three energy bars a day like where are those three important decisions going to and let's just say yeah. every time you you scroll or you waste time on something that doesn't actually give you something back like there's no return on that action that's a that's a a 10 percent gone so like how yeah. much how much percentage are you wasting every day like oh. You know, that like that, that's the biggest thing. And I, I, uh, I've got a bare minimum of just 1% improvement every day because one, yeah. it takes off, off the, the pressure of being like, shit, I didn't, I didn't double what I was supposed to do today. And like there's, um, the book Atomic Habits and they're talking about like consistent 1% increases in improvements every day versus yeah. big bursts of improvements every week. Um, and every week could be like every six weeks or every 12 weeks or, you know, et cetera. And, you know, by the time you finish your big burst at the end of the year, what's the percentage that you've increased by? And it's usually zero, uh, minus 0.2 or something like that. And versus the 1% increases every day or every week consistently, you find yourself at like 32.8 or something like that increases. So it's like taking that pressure off to, you know, be the person you want to be or change your habits and behaviors or whatever it is. And it's just like, well, if my goal is to be healthier, but also to get outside more, well, how, how about I just go for a walk for half an hour a day, even 15 minutes a day is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been trying to do, it was you telling me about the 12 kilometers, wasn't it? <clears throat> I don't think so. 12 kilometers a day. Oh, it must've been something. Oh, else. when I walk. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love walking. So yeah. <laughs> I've been trying, <clears throat> been trying to hit that because, as you know, training to go to Machu Picchu. So you meet, you meet everyone. Everyone's got an opinion, right? So everyone comes and says this. You need to do this. You need to do that. But the most consistent one I hear is walk more, mm. walk more, and get get on an incline 
and specifically for Machu Picchu, hit the stairs. Not Mount Coulomb type stairs, but just your standard staircases. So, and that's just, again, that's like your little 1% things. I don't have to go and climb a mountain. There's a park near my house that has a real small track. So, but I've got to do it every day. Mm. You know, I've got to do it every day because come June, you know, so I, I can't sit there and, and will myself into fucking mm. being able to do it. I've got to, I've got to train. So that's what I do. Those 1%. I'm feeling shit. Get up, go to the gym. You know, if you get to the gym and you got no lift, go on the treadmill. If you got, if you got nothing on the treadmill, have a sauna, mm. do something, stretch, you know, so they, I, I, when it comes to my fitness, I'm, I'm good at that with those one percenting. I'm writing a book again, write a paragraph, a minimum. And then you start writing. If you start writing for me, it just it just spirals. I just yeah. I get lost. And um, and that's another thing. If you're on social media, if you got you're on social media, you're not doing anything creative, you know. Unless you and I are in a bit of a different position because we promote something on there. Yeah, you know, when it comes to the podcast and when it, you you do your videos where you're exercising and that's different. But mindlessly scrolling that position, right? Like, it, and I guess it's just about being consciously mindful of what it is that you're spending your energy. So, if you want, want real change, you just got to spend it in the right areas, and not mm. bullying yourself into doing, bullying yourself into doing more than maybe what you're capable of in a day. And yes, there is a perspective that you can be capable of more, which is fine. But that mentality actually takes time too. I like, I feel like people say like, oh, because I usually train at um, 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night after I've done my full day. Yeah, that's usually how I get my sessions in. And people are like, oh, aren't you tired? And I'm like, well, I'm tired every fucking day. But, you know, it, it it's how you define tired. Like what is tired to you and to me is different. Tired to me is like I put in effort into my day the day before. And now this day I'm now consciously mindful of like how I can get the best out of my day but also recharging at the same time. Whereas tied to other mm. people is the the feeling of being exhausted and drained and et cetera. But there's two types, I believe anyway. So like choose, choose, choose your, your um, explanation or your belief in each thing that you say is, is um, something that I kind of focus on, but regardless it like y- you are different to me and I'm different to you. And if you're constantly being like, well, Chris does this. So I want to, I want to do that. It's like, well, great. You're like, that's, that's cool that you're motivated or whatever it is, but you are really good at this. And I'd love to do that as well, but we both function in different ways. And we have the realization that we aren't the same and that's okay because being different is more than fine. Like you don't have to follow the crowd or the shepherds or the sheep or whatever it is. And I think so many people get caught up in that. Like, this is trending. So we've all got to do this. This is a, a society that believes in this. So we all have to believe in this. And it's like rewiring the brain to think independently. Even when I did start the podcast, I'm like, Oh, there's another bloke beers beats in the biz. They're already doing one. Should I do it? And I'm like, well, one's going to be different. Mm. You know, it, it's going to be different. It's something I want to do. So fuck it. I'm, I'm doing yeah. it, you know, and now. It was kind of unique a few years ago, but now everyone, everywhere I go, someone's got a podcast. You know? <laughs> but you know, but I think that's that's the the biggest thing is, and as a when I was 
doing my PT stuff more full time and I wasn't even into travel fit and such that the constant thing would come up every, every time would be, Oh, there's so many PTs and my response was yeah. always the same. And it's the same now for travel fit for, with treats, whatever it is. I'm like, yeah, there's so many, but no one does it like me because yeah. like, you know, that you are different and that, you know, there's a 700 and trillion to one chance of you being born. You can't tell yeah. me you're the exact same as me with your, your thoughts and your actions. And it depends <laughs> how far you want to go into it though. Like we talk reflection, projection, uh, perception, projection. Um, but that's a whole nother, whole nother area. Um, but like when it comes to like, you know, you believing in yourself and realizing your own value and as soon as you, yeah. you, you know, like, all right, well, I believe in this. And even if 10 people disagree with you, have the open mindfulness to be like, okay, interesting. I see your point of view, but I still believe in this. And that's okay. Yeah. Because like when you find yeah. out who you are, which is the, essentially the theme of this podcast is, you know, that's when you realize that you're here for a reason. Going into um, like your your journey with, you know, sobering up and doing Machu Picchu, how, how did that come about? Like what what's the motivation behind it? How does it come about? And what is it that you're doing towards that? All right. And that's very interesting because you've just had him on your podcast a couple of weeks ago. So <clears throat> I did Jeffrey Morgan's program, right, called Cut the Bullshit. So Jeff, Jeff's a legend, man. Just let, he's intense, but he's a legend, right? Um, so I had him on the podcast and then I joined his program as a social experiment and we got talking traumas. We got talk, cut the bullshit. Let's do, let's do, let's do. And I'm pretty on the go. So instead of dragging my ass out of a hole, I was already up here and it just fucking sent me flying, right? So we got to bucket lists, you know, and back in 2016, I went to, uh, the Philippines. And I was tossing up between doing South America and the Philippines. And I chose the Philippines over South America. So admittedly, in 2016, had I have gone to South America, it would have been cocaine-fueled. You know, it, it would have been for the wrong reason. So I'm glad, I'm glad I chose the Philippines. I went on a big motorbike expedition and, you know, full driving through dune buggies and shit like that. And... <clears throat> When it came to doing this program with Jeff, we he's like write down write down all this stuff, kind of like what you know with travel fit, you know, write down some things you want to do. So this Machu Picchu, two of my goals in life on my bucket list are to walk to Machu Picchu and go to the Greek islands. <clears throat> so I write it down, and anyone who knows me, if I get a bee in my bonnet, that's it. It's happening. You know, it, it, it's going to happen. And then I just started to think a bit more serious about it, applied for my passports. And I started telling people, I think if I speak about something publicly, I, I have a lot of accountability around it. I'm like, well, I've said it publicly. I've got to do it now. You know, the same as with the sobriety. I, I really went out telling people about that. So <clears throat> I'm going, but at the moment, Peru's closed down. Okay, so let's just push that to the side. There's political unrest over there, but let's push that to the side. So as I said to you when I came to your house the other week, I want to incorporate, I don't want it to be in vain and I don't want it to just be a holiday. So I've had pretty severe injuries throughout my life. I injured my left ankle when my son was born. So 10 years old, still struggling with it. It's never going to be right, but I overcome it. 
and part of overcoming it was like because of, it's because of the injury that I want to conquer this fucking mountain. You know, I want to I want to take that busted ankle and I want to take it with me and I want to get to the end and I'm going to go, so see who's the boss? I'm in control, not you, not the pain. Mm. And so, and then through through my own life, struggle, struggles with uh, <clears throat> suicide ideation and since the start of COVID in the last five years, five people I know have taken their own life. I want to, I don't want it to be in vain. So I'm going to go over there, I'm challenging myself um I, I want to get to the destination. I want to see the beauty of what is Machu Picchu, but I want to, I don't want to do it alone in the sense where I want it to be worth something. <clears throat> so it's not just me. I want to, I want to raise money for suicide awareness. I want to document it. I'm going to take a recording device. I want to do podcasts while I'm over there and bring it back and, and share. So, so I'll be alone, but it won't be just for myself. So I, I just felt like, that was the right thing to do to bring my audience with me, bring my family with me by leaving them at home. And, you know, I just want to bring my friends with me and bring some awareness to, you know, 10 years ago, eight, eight years ago, I was in doctor's office offices asking them to chop my leg off. You know, mm-hmm. I was saying, I just, please, it, a doctor made a comment. I said, I don't care about the tattoos cut my leg off and he goes that's a really fucking odd thing to say don't worry about the tattoos Mm. and it was then he believed how much pain i was in he's like the scans don't the scans don't match yeah there's a little bit of bone on bone pain there and i'm like cut it off man take it off i'll learn how to walk on a prosthetic so what i want to do with with the whole suicide thing is okay so eight years ago had i've gone through with that and shot my leg off i'd be going oh fuck i got no foot anymore you know, so that's like with suicide, you're feeling like it, you're feeling like it now, but you won't later, mm-hmm. you know, you won't later. So don't take your life now, you know, because it's going to be okay. So that's the analogy. It's a weird thing. It, it works in my head, but the foot pain is the analogy to emotional pain. And if you just push through, then you're going to be okay. And that's the awareness I want to create with with doing the walk. So for me, I'll be in physical pain doing the walk. It's going to hurt, you know. So if I can go over there and be in physical pain during the work and the lead up to it, what I'm doing, climbing mountains and fucking pushing myself, it comes down to it, you know. And I want to share my journey. And when I'm there, a big photo, I've done it, you know. And hopefully that's inspirational to some people in some way. I know it's inspirational to my son because he's – climbing mountains with me he's coming he's doing column and gun gun and he, we did an injury the other week and he struggles but he gets to the top and we climb the sydney harbour bridge together he struggled mm. but when he gets mm. to the top man that that um elation he feels it fills me up man you know mm. to, to see this little 10 year old boy push through i can't do this i can't do that and there's a lesson in climbing because Climbing a mountain, not that I've climbed a mountain, like these are <laughs> Mount Columns, it's a small mountain, but there's a, there's an analogy with life, just one fucking step at a time. You know, you can stop, you can rest, you can have a break, you can have food, you can have a drink, but you got to keep walking, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get to the top. Yeah, this is fucking awesome. You got to get down, you know, so you can't really 
for me, it's just become this huge, I guess, mild obsession that I'm climbing these mountains and wanting to push myself a little bit further and further. But the, that feeling of getting to the top and going, yay, what a great view, it's not over yet, is a massive metaphor for life for me, you know. So so when they when I found out they shut it down and I actually didn't realise how much it affected me, and I did... I did spiral a little bit. I'm like, oh, well, I'm remaining optimistic. They might open it up. But really in the background, I was pretty devastated and and still am, but I'm still training because it, it, it might reopen. I can get there, but I can't find an insurance company that will insure me, Yeah, you know? And you've got, you've got to be a fool to travel without insurance. Yeah. It's, so that's it's a, interesting. It's a yeah, yeah. It's a metaphor. I get that too, because I remember younger years when I used to, um, like walk or, or run up like the local mountain in Orange, uh, Mount Knoblis. And, um, I remember the first, I could still remember the feeling I felt walking up for it up the first time. It's like, man, this is hard. Like my legs are on fire. Like I'm, it's hot. Like I got up there and I was like, well, this is nice. Like this first kind of feeling of achievement, like, and it gives you that lesson of like, Hard things are good things. All right, great. I can kind of dig this. There's a reward for, you know, making a sacrifice. And, you know, then I started to do like a few like runs and things like that. And though those small, like those starting points, right, of like whether it's up a set of stairs, running upstairs, walking upstairs, whatever it is that your capability can handle at that time is such a great opportunity for you to be like, you can complain throughout it, just don't stop. But like, you know, mm. once you you realize and you get to the top and you're like, man, that was hard. Mm. But you're like, wow, I fucking did that shit, even though it was hard. And yeah. I think yeah. we get so caught up in the hard versus let's just see how we feel at the end that we don't yeah. give anything a chance to teach us a lesson. Yeah. We turn around as soon as something gets hard. So the fact that like, you know, you're creating this awareness about, you know, finding your own mountain in life to, to, to learn your own lesson is, um, yeah, it's super inspiring. It's super good. And I think it allows people to understand it's just like, whatever you go through, it allows you to be like, wow, sometimes you just got to give it a go and finish mm. it, complete it. Don't just give it a go, but finish it and then reflect, go get past that tough time first. I've also always been in a position where, like, when I was younger, having having ill-gained money, I could buy things whenever I wanted and get somewhere whenever I wanted. So there's instant gratification. I've been surrounded by instant gratification. There's no instant gratification to get to Machu Picchu. You, you, I could fly there and catch a train, right? But there's nothing in that, right? So the journey, what I'm learning now is enjoy the journey. Because I've finally fucking learned how to slow my mind down, you know, to slow it down, to stop, to stop, slow down, slow down. So I'm so excited about if I do a Mount Coulomb, I'm so excited because that's one more step. As much as there's hundreds of steps on there, it's, mm. that's one more step too much of picture. So the, the, and that energy that comes with getting closer and closer and closer. So there's a little bump in the, little bump in the tracks at the moment the fact that it's going to be open or not, but I'm not going to just go, 
Yeah. Oh fuck, that's it. I'll just put it off. I'll just put it off to next year and be fitter and stronger. You and know? with um, let's just say like you know, with someone who's listening in and maybe like they feel demotivated or stressed or maybe they just feel overwhelmed and they just they're so lost. There's no road signs for them. What what advice would you have for someone who feels like they don't have any road signs telling them to turn left, right, straight, whatever it is? Geez, I forgot we're doing a podcast and there's actual questions. <laughs> That's a really good question, man. Um, make your own signs. You know, like I, it's got to be, it's got to be what makes you happy. What makes you happy? Find something that makes you happy and fixate on that and think, can I give back? I don't know if that makes sense. So for me, I want to see much of picture. I want to get there. It's going to make me happy. But what can give back? So if you're lying in bed right now and you're, I can't get out of bed. I'm depressed. I'm, I'm sad. What makes you happy? I like to paint. Then, or I like to write. I like to draw. Then buy some paper, buy some paint and just do your first painting. Do your first writing. Just, just find, write your own signs. Do you know what I mean? Don't just follow your, and that's a hard one. Follow your passion. What if you, what if you got no passions? You know, mm. there's, but there's something that makes you tick. There's something that you love. You know, if, if that's giving back, then go fucking go volunteer. You know, if you don't like your job, quit, you know, change, pivot, you know, just absolutely pivot and, and don't follow signs. Don't don't follow any of these signs. Just go and make your own path, you know. The road less travelled, man. Take the road less travelled. And the good thing so, about that that I, I think don't... it reflects too is that, you know, it, it, it is super hard for, for people who maybe, you know, like, oh, I don't know what my passion is. But it's like you don't mm-hmm. find your passion instantly. It's not something that is just given to you. It's earned. I grows. Yeah. So, you know, you say you're an artist, like you said, start painting. What happens when you start painting? People start to notice that you can paint really well or you can draw really well. Great. What happens from there? Someone wants to buy what you're doing. Great. From there, Mm -hmm. you start building awareness of what it is that you do and what you enjoy and how you feel about that. And that makes you feel good. But that also inspires others to feel good. And then when you start doing that, you own an art gallery. Yeah. And you know, yeah. like what, what, what was the first step out of that? It was just the fact of like you, one, you tried something new, you experienced something new and you applied yourself to do something maybe when you weren't feeling like it either, but it was something you enjoyed. So you gave it a go. And I think that's, yeah, that's so important. That's huge too. When you're not feeling like it, just get up and go. And that's a, that's easy to say, you know, when you're, when you when you've got momentum i think that's a huge word momentum that's one of my my favorite words because you're fucked without it but if you just go if you just get up and go now i'm sounding all positive and all i'm sounding all chris walkerish if you just get up and go if you just get up and go good things will come you know like just go for a walk walk around the block the next day walk 20 meters more it's like at the gym you get to 10 fuck it try 12 Mm. you know try 12 reps and then it's you've just got to push through and 
just do it for yourself. And saying when I said before how it grows, I never thought I'd be obsessed with climbing mountains, but I'm truly obsessed. I've got the walking poles. I'm fucking taking my bag up there now with 20 kilos in the back. I've got all this clobber. I look like fucking Sven from Sweden. I look yeah. like a goose, but I absolutely love it. I'm, you know, I'm spending more time in Anaconda than record stores. You know, it's, it's, it's bizarre. And, all from wanting to see Machu Picchu. So that's your passion. Do I want to see it? Yeah. You could Google Earth it, you know, but I want to get there. And so that's your passion. And once you find it, just piss everything off and, and, and have a, have a focus. And then, you know, if you're into AFL, just follow AFL pages. If you're into art, just follow art. If you're into mountain climbing, just follow mountain climbing. Do you know what I mean? If you narrow down what you like, then you're not distracted. Like, I never thought I'd own a pair of walking poles. You know, I never, I, <laughs> I never thought I'd buy hiking boots, man. I was truly, if you had asked me years ago, this like walking poles, I would have laughed at someone doing it. You know, so. But now I'm just super passionate about it. I, I'm considering Everest, like getting mm. to base camp. You know, and that was never ever been on my radar. So it will grow. Mm. And that's so good, because like. I think that's, you know, one extreme to the other is based on the fact of like the curiosity to see what else is out there and experience more. So I think being curious and applying yourself to try things out, even if it scares you is important because growth comes in those unknown zones as we know, and it is so important. So for someone listening in who, you know, they've, they've found their purpose, they're on that road, but you know, maybe they just, <laughs> Maybe they're just struggling to believe they're that person. What advice would you have for them? You can't let other people put you off. You know, like even with the music, man, we went so hard on the music and the podcasting that it, I'm obsessive. I'm obsessive. So I obsess over things, you know, and I just go on with it. But you just got to, again, 1%, just that, just do one every day and don't beat yourself up. You found that passion. You know what you want. Lean into that. Just lean into it instead of, okay, all my mates are out on the piss or all my mates play rugby or, or AFL and I don't. So, therefore, I must go and play rugby and get on the piss. You don't. You can fucking take that road less travelled. And you'd be surprised who will follow you. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be surprised the people you meet. On this journey, the people I've met, people at the gyms who have helped me, I found you through this journey because I started training altitude training. I've met you. I consider you a great friend now. So what comes with it on that, as you jump these lily pads, you know, and they, they get smaller and smaller, it gets more defined. And to me, it's just amazing. So follow it, follow it and allow, listen to people, give you advice. Don't be too egotistical that you can't take advice. Mm -hmm. Don't think you know everything because you, you don't. And just run with it, man. Run with it. Be your own person. You don't have to follow. I don't expect anyone to come with me, but the amount of people, as soon as I mention the words, you know, I've been there. I've climbed much of Pichu. Do you want some advice? Yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'll take advice. I took advice at the top of Gungan from two 70-year-old women that yeah. told me, have you considered Everest? And I'm like, nah, not interested. And they go, why not? I said, too cold too hard she goes if you can climb this mountain twice you can get to base camp and i'm like really come home started looking into it 
I've never even seen snow before, you know. And now I'm like, hmm, should I try and climb Everest? You know, well, mm. base camp. <laughs> well, it's just the so don't the, let anyone get in your way. It's just that level system in life. I think my own personal belief, and um, people take it as they please, is that in life, if you're not allowing yourself to reach new levels you're allowing yourself to fade away. And what that means to me is, is that if you're not pursuing more, then you're feeling less. Mm. And there's two ways you can take that. You can take it as the way that it's like, well, you're always chasing something. Or you can take it as a way it's like, you're always setting your standard to new levels. Let's um, go through my little speed question round. Ask a few speed questions. So you got to be quick quick as you can with these ones um all right, all right. it's hard being on this side of the yeah. fucking desk right? different for you isn't it um yeah. but first question are you ready i am excellent so the first question is what is the best piece of advice you've ever been told um, slow down yeah worst piece slow of down. advice have a drink what is your favorite memory from your childhood my stepfather building and giving me my first push bike. What's the your favorite achievement that you've ever achieved that made you feel proud of yourself? There's three. So then my kids and my grandkids. Epic. Because without me, they would be here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, what is your favorite quote? When it feels like, can you see that? When it feels yeah. like you're going through hell, keep going. Love that. Yeah, good. All right. And then um, no more speed questions, but if you were hard, if you were to write yourself a five-step blueprint to succeed in life to once you've learned all these lessons, right? So, like, what are the five things that you, you'd implement into your life? And this, as an example would be, like, uh, for me, it would be like health, good friends, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So what's the five five things that you'd tell anyone to implement into their life to dramatically change their life for the better? Okay, so it would be all around. I'd have a whole section of health and then flow chart down, food, food and exercise. Five, did you say? Yep. Five, yeah, yeah choose choose your friends wisely. Uh, choose the mother of your children wisely. Um, save save money every week. Every week, put money away in an account you cannot access, and invest. Um, and shit, just. Don't be egotistical. Take advice from people because the moment you think you're an expert, you cap yourself and you you can't learn anymore. So there is no such thing as an expert because you're always learning. So be mm-hmm. open to learning and don't get get rid of your ego. Don't live in fear. Yeah. Don't live in fear. And what I mean by that is like try new things, travel. Um, um and and other people's perspective 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 of what fear is you know so just 
And I feel like I have done that to a certain degree, but there's things that I've not done in life because I was scared. Not scared, but fearful of failing. And and I would write underneath that, failing is okay. Mm. Epic. Um, so, so what I want you to do <laughs> is I want you to um, close your eyes for a second. Oh, God. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit, not this again. But what I want you to do, <laughs> I want you to imagine that there's an elevator in front of you. And I want you to walk in the elevator. And as you walk in the elevator, you notice the elevator's got leather chairs. They're red, gold inside. It's a very classy English elevator. Mm-hmm. And there's only one button. And you press it. It doesn't have a number. So you press it, and it takes you to a point in your life where you needed yourself most. And wherever that is, what I want you to do is I want you to say whatever it is that you need to say to yourself back then to give yourself the encouragement to make you feel what you wanted to feel now. It would be, oh, holy shit, I was actually in the elevator then. I would go back to being 13 and say what you're about to experience is not going to define you for the rest of your life. It's just a little part of your life and don't let it defeat you because that's my turning point at 13 years old. That's mm. And I would give myself a massive hug and I'd tell myself, don't worry, when you get older, you get better looking. <laughs> <laughs> and... um do you think that who you were then would be proud of who you are now? Yeah. Yeah, it would. Good. And how does that make you feel knowing that, like, the person who you need most is the person who you are now? <laughs> it's good. It's good to hear you say that at this time in my life right now, actually, because I feel I feel like <clears throat> I can leave this today and... And like I needed to hear that today because I'm all I've got, you know, I'm all I've got and I've got this far and I'll go further, you know. So mm-hmm. it it is good to know that that I'm that same person. I've had my ups and downs, but I'm always up. I'm like house prices, mate. I go up and down, but I'm always going up. <laughs> That's epic. And I, I, you know, like this is something I encourage people to do at home as well. It's like whenever we're in a journey and we, we think we're not close to where we need to be, you take a step back and you look, you look behind you at the stairs you've been climbing for so many years. And then you're like, holy shit, how, how high on this mountain have I climbed? And it's been hard or it's been challenging or it's been, you know, it's been fun. There's so many emotions that we experience as we go through life, but just, allowing yourself to like reflect on like how far you come is huge. And, and even Mm. for myself, I think it's, you know, like I reflect um, as often as I can because it allows me to see what can be done in a certain amount of time. And Mm. we are all, we're all the worst critic in ourselves and we compare ourselves every day. And I think um, when you realize who you really are and who that you're the person you've always wanted and needed and that, you know, 
every time we always do the best that we can with what we know. And then that's when you start to realize that the pressure comes off and you start to thrive in life. So yeah, I think that that's epic. So for, for people listening in who want to follow your own journey and your podcast, where can they find you to uh, be inspired? Well, social media, pretty much Instagram only at, at the, there's underscores between each word at the get down podcast AU. And from there, there's a link treat to all, all, all my music, um, photography page that I do. And there's another, there is a page that I've got specifically set up for the Machu Picchu walk. And that's, I think it's called busted ankle rehab. Again, there'd be underscores in between them or, or say ankle. So I think it's busted ankle rehab, but just go there. If you generally interested, oh, and I got a hashtag. It's, it's a little one. Beats walks to Machu Picchu 2023. So, and Very hopefully, good. um, if you're a religious person, pray for Peru. If you're not, send energy over to Peru that it opens up and for the people over there, man, like mm. that they, um, that they can have a bit of peace because it's not good what's going on over there. But, uh, what, um, and if people wanted to, because you're raising money for charity with this, um, that'll all be in your link tree as well on the, thing. I will as soon as I launch it. Like I've got it ready to rock and roll. I've got the, I've got the, GoFundMe page ready, but I don't want to start taking donations and then have to do refunds because they they take their cut yeah. as, as it happens. So as soon as I find out about what's happening, which is, you know, it's a shame because what we spoke about the other week, it's cutting it a bit fine mm. as far as like promoting it more. But um, yeah, I'll, if you follow the podcast, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely be sharing. And if you listen to the podcast, I'll overshare about it. <laughs> <laughs> Epic. Well, I just want to say a huge thank you for jumping on the potty and uh, donating your time to me today and allowing people to learn some golden gems about how they can find who they are and knowing that, you know, the journey is a journey and you should enjoy it and, um, you know, your own story and how inspiring it is as well and sharing that awareness for, you know, mental health and, you know, finding that resilience in yourself as well to thrive in life. So thank you. Thanks so much for listening in, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and got some value out of it. If you did get some value out of that episode and you really did enjoy it, then share it with a friend or family member. Share us on social media, leave us a review and help us make a bigger impact in the world today. The more we can inspire people to better themselves and level up their life through self-development, whether it be one little tip here or there, makes all the difference and you might even save a life. Again, thanks so much for listening in and we'll see you next time.